You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. guys welcome to another episode of mike on the mic uh, this is going to be simulcast on ggr pirate radio or the great geek refuge um kind of pretty much both it's the same uh gg ggr pirate radio is just the podcasting arm of anything we do on the great geek refuge um but it's also going to be on uh rock deep rogue radio because we still do stuff with them so mike on the mic live Right now, on Friday, it's like 8 o'clock-ish on Friday night, because apparently me and my guests have nothing better to do on a Friday night than sit around a podcast. <laughs> sure don't. But you're probably asking who my guest is. Well, my guest this evening is the wonderful and talented Mr. MC Brooks. Hello, hello. Uh, you might know him from Rock Deep Rogue Radio, from GGR, um, from um, GGR Pirate Radio. He's... Um, He's all over the place because he's into the same sort of stuff that we're into. He's into the geeky and the nerdy. He's into music. He's into sports. And it's going to be the latter that we are talking about this evening. Uh, We're going to be talking about sports because really with GGR, we don't really tackle sports too often. And it's something that Steve and I do on occasion, but like he is not available tonight. Um, And honestly, he's from Pittsburgh, so he wouldn't want to talk about what we're going to talk about anyway, specifically (laughs) with sports. And that's DC sports because this year was, it was incredible in, in one aspect. Uh, the fact that long suffering DC sports fans, and I would say even more so than just DC sports fans, I would say capitals fans, Washington capitals fans finally got to see their team make it to the promised land and hoist the Stanley cup. And like of, of all my sports memories, and this also might be recency bias, but like of all of my sports memories, I think that, that one is now my favorite seeing like being, because the last time a, a DC sports team won a championship, I was eight years old mm. when the Redskins won the Super Bowl against the, uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And that was the last time they got to the Super Bowl. Yep. So like, it's hard to remember everything that happened when you were eight years old, <laughs> right. but being 36 and seeing the Capitals win is a little bit different. And, uh, and and just this this whole season was just incredible. Like nobody thought they were going to be worth a damn because they got rid of all of their high priced free agents, and like they didn't have a good start to the season. They caught fire late, and everybody was like, "Well, well, you know, if they do something, it'll be fine." But like right. just every single time you were like, "Well, they might be done," they weren't. They managed to put another run together. They managed to win another game. They managed to go to another series. Like I, I honestly thought in that Tampa series, when they were down three games to two, I was like, they might tie it, but Tampa's going to probably win. They're the best team in the East. Yeah. Ultimately. Right. Yep. And like, they managed to win that. And then the same thing with, with Vegas, they lost that first game against Vegas. And I was like, man, Vegas is really, really good. And then they stole that game too. When Holpe had that amazing save. And then after that, just oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was after that, like Vegas just had no shot. The caps just like poured it on when they went home. And like, it was, it was pretty much over. I thought that maybe Vegas was going to make it a series when they when in game five. And then 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the, the cats had really. other plans. Like it was, <laughs> it was incredible. And, and it was the, the great thing about it too, is everybody wanted Vegas to win. Like everybody was rooting for Vegas in that series. Yeah. Solely because of the narrative of, Hey, this expansion team of guys that all these other teams didn't want, they're about to, you know, possibly go all the way and win. And it's, you know, it's just like a movie, except, except not. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I remember I, I posted that, uh, that like mini argument I had with uh, some guy from ESPN who was like showing blatant bias towards the caps by, uh, you know, calling them boring and, and saying that they had no shot and Vegas was more interesting and all of that. And well, guess who got the last laugh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, hey, it must have been a really boring Stanley Cup championship and then subsequent like three weeks of straight partying. Cause like, let me tell you, those guys, like, I don't say what you will about NFL players after the Super Bowl or major league baseball players, but like hockey players party harder than any other sport. Like I've never ever seen a championship right like parade <laughs> slash just drinking binge like, like that. It, it was in part of it was kind of like man i hope these guys are okay yeah. but at the other time it was it was so awesome watching them so happy and so like elated absolutely and like and it, just uh just to uh, cut in briefly uh there was a great yeah, line man. on the levitar show earlier that they were like you know most teams try to avoid the championship hangover and it seemed like the capitals spent their championship trying to have a hangover yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's absolutely <laughs> correct. And like, I don't know if you're following it or not, but the preseason for the NHL has already started, and the Caps just look listless. They just look like they're like a shell of themselves. But like, <laughs> I think that, and like Devontae Smith Pelly, for instance, and this was this was um, I was reading this on um, on a Russian Machine Never Breaks, which is like my favorite hockey site to we, uh, read news on. They were saying that like he hasn't even stepped foot on the ice the, in the preseason. Because the coach Todd Reardon is like, look, he's not ready to play. And he wouldn't go into details. He wouldn't say if it was a matter of conditioning or if it was a matter of um, an injury. But he's like, well, Devontae's just not ready to play yet. <laughs> and they asked they asked Devontae, they were like, hey, DSP, why aren't you on the ice? And he was like, listen, man, it was a really long summer. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> so basically, he was basically saying, like, he was like, yeah, I was out of shape. So, like, it's... I think they all get it, but at the same time, too, like with a team like this that just won the Stanley Cup, I'm okay if they have a slow start because honestly, if anybody deserves Absolutely. it, I think it's them. And I mean, given that you know they're the first team to win a title in uh, was it 27 years or something like that, yeah, they deserve it. If you're not counting, if you're not counting um, the DC United, if you don't oh, count yeah, DC yeah, United, yeah, yeah, it's like 27 years. Because I was just thinking uh, about like. The, or if you count DC United. Just a just of the big four sports. That's yeah. something we'll get into uh, too um, in a bit. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, you know, sure. I feel like, I, you know, I agree. I, I think they've they've earned it. You know, I mean that's that's the joy. That's the joy of being able to win a championship and and you know finally have that monkey off your back. If you're someone like Alex Ovechkin, you know, who spent his entire career having just that one thing be missing from his from his resume. You know, he's, he's got all the awards, he's, he's, he's yeah. gotten all the accolades, he's gotten all the 
all the great things that 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 the folks in the NFL fans and analysts alike have to say about him. Just the one thing he was missing was the title. And now that he finally got it, you know, I feel like him and yeah. him and the rest of the team, you know, do what you want. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it right now and it says that the last time the uh, DC United won a championship was 2004, but we're going to, we are going to talk about our, I guess I would say like the second yeah. tier of sports. Cause, and if you're unfamiliar with this and you're listening to this, first off, thank you for listening to a sports podcast when you're not really into sports, but um, the, the tiers work like this. The, there's the big three. The big three are um, the NBA, uh, the uh, NFL and major league baseball. I would say the NHL gets a courtesy big four, like they get put into the fourth category. So like those count as like your yeah. big four. But I would even say hockey, hockey, then hockey's probably like a half tier uh, down from them just because they don't, you know, yeah. you watch, yeah. uh, you watch ESPN or FS1 or, or wherever, like during the hockey playoffs and like, you might get highlights here and there, but they're not covering it going into detail about stuff you know, the way they, the way they would for the other major three sports. No. I don't even think FS1 has a, has like a hockey division. You know, I just feel like they just kind of brief their, no. their people on enough to talk their way through a five minute segment. Exactly. It's, it's like, if it's not from America, we don't care basically is their, their concept. Um, but yeah, like with, with that being said, um, DC was in a big time drought. They just not only had they not won any championships, any championships in the Big Four since 1991, they hadn't even sniffed a championship because the the only team that had made a final or like a semifinals appearance was the 1997 Washington Capitals, who made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and got blown out by the Red Wings. Other than that, the the Bullets slash Wizards, the Redskins. The, I mean, the Nationals have only been around since 2005, and then the Capitals, none of them had even gotten past the second round of the playoffs. So none of them had gotten to a conference championship or the championship itself. So, like, this was a long time coming for D.C., and it was, it, it was incredibly liberating to finally have one of our teams go. And, like, I think we, and we talked about it on a prior podcast, like everybody in this area was just so elated and it, and everybody was Absolutely. happy, but everybody was behind the caps too. Like everyone was rooting for the caps and it was just, it was incredible. It was, it was awesome. But the reason why we're kind of rehashing this thing that we already talked about that happened earlier this summer is more happened too. DC won a second championship now in a lesser sport, but the Washington Valor, their new, arena league football team they won the arena bowl against baltimore which was kind of cool because baltimore is like our our brother to the north which i mean <laughs> let's all be honest baltimore sucks um yep we beat baltimore though and that was that was awesome now as i came to find out the arena football league is not a very big league not anymore anyway there you know there used to yeah. be many more teams in the arena league but Many of them just went bankrupt and and couldn't afford to to stay afloat. So there's only what four teams I believe now. I'm looking right. I'm looking right now. Yeah, there's the Baltimore Brigade, the Philadelphia Soul, the Washington Valor, and the Albany Empire. So there are only four teams, and the Washington Valor did not have a good season, regular season wise at and 11, all. Just right? not. <laughs> yeah, they were they were horrible. But because there's only four teams, everybody makes the playoffs. And 
they won. So like people can say whatever they want, but still like, you know, I gotta, I gotta say too, like it, it makes it, it's going to be hard to garner interest in your sport when, you know, there, when there's no merit to who can actually win your title. Like you can be awful and lose the majority of your games and still manage to be the champion, you know, like gener- you know, people yeah. generally want to see the best teams play each other, not just the only teams play each other. Yeah. I mean, I just, I remember at one point that the AFL was much, much bigger. Absolutely. I used to watch, I used to watch, you know, kind of somewhat consistently because it was something to watch, you know, kind of in the, the spring summertime um, when there wasn't much of anything else aside from basketball uh, or the end of basketball and, and baseball. But I, I don't really know what happened over the years. And, you know, well, I, I know now what happened, but I, I didn't know that the AFL had fallen off to that degree. I'm just kind of surprised. You would think that like America is such a football hungry nation that we would, we would eat arena football league games up, but like, yeah, it it just never caught on, I guess. And I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, it's a cool game to watch. It's, it's quick. It's fast paced. There's a ton of scoring. And like, you would think that like with such backlash going on with the NFL and what's going on there that like people would just be all over this, but I, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be even more interesting considering, you know, there's two more leagues that are going to be, uh, they're going to be uh, uh, created in the next two to three years. I mean, I know Vince McMahon is bringing the XFL back. That's right. I forget what the other league is called, the American football something. I I forget what they're they're called, but there's another league uh, created by a guy who used to work under Vince McMahon and basically took his idea and was like, we're going to, you know, do it better and do it a year before you launch. So I know that's, that's yeah. supposed to be coming too. Um, but I mean, I, I think, I think for me, I think what it is, is I, I think it's just, you know, people like in the NFL has just been around for so long and, and people are just so used to, to watching. And, and then you have things like, you know, tradition, you know, not only just family tradition, but like your city tradition, you know, if, you know, if your team is good or, you know, whatever the case may be, just, you know, having someone to root for. And it's hard to break into that. You know, I mean, it's a hard habit to break in general, you know, it, just as far as trying to not watch football. But then it's hard to try to uh, replace that or add on to that with with something that, you know, is essentially kind of a less good version of what you already like. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that that's why. You know, they're saying that the NFL ratings are down. But, like, I still feel like you hear, like, everybody is still watching. Everybody's still talking about it. Like, I think that it's not so much that, like, the NFL, that less people are watching the NFL. I think that it's just that people are watching it in different ways. They're no longer watching it on traditional TV. Like, I don't know about you, but I have Verizon for my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And Verizon has a deal with the NFL where you get, to watch NFL games for free pretty much on your phone. And that, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like I literally don't have to pay anything for a cable subscription. I can watch games on my phone if I wanted to. Now I don't because I have better things to do with my time than watch a, you know, watch a football game on my phone, but people are watching it there. They're watching it on Twitter. There's ways to watch them online that I'm not going to go into because they're totally illegal, but whatever. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, like if I want to watch a, if I want to watch a full game, I can go to my computer and I can pull it up. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I, th- I, I agree 110% because I have friends of mine who, who, you know, they themselves said they don't want to, you know, add to the ratings, but they still want to enjoy their football. So they're using not only the methods they describe, but they're also just going to a bar or, you know, somewhere else where the game may just happen to be on, where they can enjoy it without having to turn their own uh, televisions on to, you know, watch these games. Because the game is going to be on regardless in a bar or especially in the sports bar. But they're opting against their, you know, they're opting against, you know, just being home and and contributing in that way. Yeah, I just I really think that the the whole like ratings are down, quote unquote thing, really, it's coming from our idiot president right now. But well, actually, well, also what it is, too, is just in general, TV ratings are down because more and more people are cutting the cord. Yeah, because cable is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, people people are just like, hey. We don't want to spend 150 or however much it is, you know, for all of these channels. I only watch like five or six of them. You know, I'll, yep. you know, I'll watch Netflix and, you know, Hulu or uh, or Hulu and you can have the two of them. I think Hulu also has like a Hulu Live or something like that where you can get, you know, where you can watch uh, certain channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and all the show and all the shows as they air. Yeah. Stuff like Sling T- Sling TV, which is a nice alternative. You know, so like people are just saying like, hey, like why why pay all this money for cable? So like it, it's all because it's it's also not it's not just an NFL thing. It's an, an everyone thing, and everyone is trying to figure out okay, what can we do? You know, how yeah. how can we you know how can we get around this? See, and I was actually hoping, and this is how I'm going to kind of tie it into a, uh, the, the the next team in DC that needs some accolades here, is I was hoping that with the lack of television. Uh, viewership that you're seeing that we were going to start seeing alternative sports too because that was one of the things i used to love about espn back in the day was you know they had the nfl they had the they had the sunday night games on nfl for a long time and those were actually some of my favorite games to watch because i used to love the commentators it was joe theisman and mike patrick Mm -hmm. but they also used to show sports that nobody else had seen like i don't know if you remember like the lumberjack game things that they used to show but those were like some of the coolest things to watch and like they always had like the the poker things that and like the poker just like blew up and became super popular but then also too like i was really hoping that we would start seeing a growth in the wnba because Mm -hmm. it's still the wnba is still around and kicking and our our mystics man our ladies they managed to make the championship this year and it was awesome and i mean God bless them for trying. They ended up losing and getting swept three games to none to Seattle, but Seattle is no joke. Yeah. And they're a really, really good they team. They have arguably the best but player like, in the WNBA on that team. Yeah. Can I be mad at it? No. And, and you definitely can't be mad at them, but like, it was just, I, I'm, I keep hoping that these alternative sports are going to find a niche market. Now that people are, are turning off TV and they're not just being like, well, I'll just watch whatever's on TV. Um, right. same, same thing with like the, um, is it the Divas? Is that the name of the football team? Yeah, the DC Divas, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that we would start seeing more stuff like that happen, that you might start seeing more alternative things uh, as far as like what people yeah. start watching and, and, and ingesting as far as um, media goes. But like, I agree. To, to kind of tie that in with GGR too, we talked about this. Like, The most important thing with GGR is not what you're doing, is that you're doing it and you're passionate about it, and that's why you're right. doing it. And that's that's all about the WNBA. That's all about the 
the um the dc divas like they're doing this thing because they're passionate about it you've i mean tell us yeah. a little bit about like what because you've gone to a couple of diva divas games right yeah yeah I, I i went to i think three or four games uh two playoff games and uh one or two regular season games this past season and i won't lie i I've, i kind of procrastinated on going to see the divas because i've known about them for a good seven or eight years and every spring i tell myself i'm going to go to a game and then you know life happens i never do it so this year finally just you know i went and i'm very happy that i did because i was so blown away by what I was watching on the field, you know, like, I, like watching YouTube highlights is one thing, you know, it, but, but watching YouTube highlights and this can apply to anything. It doesn't give you the same feel that it has when you're actually there in person watching a game and anyone who's ever been to any type of live event can attest to that. So going to these divas games, it, it was crazy to see that these girls are every bit as competitive and every bit as athletic as the guys we're seeing in the NFL. Like is the, is the level of competition the same? No, but it doesn't like for me, it doesn't need to be because the games are still interesting. They were still good. You know, you get all of the same things that you, that you see in NFL games there, you know, you want to see uh, an athletic running back juke someone out and have this long epic run. It happens. Uh, the game I went to with the divas against Atlanta, their running back Deja Scott, had 250 rushing yards with seven minutes left in the third quarter. Wow. They were already up 56 to nothing. Jesus. <laughs> you know, like you want to see, you want to see, you know, uh wide receiver touchdown sacks, like everything you imagine. And the crazy thing about the divas too, th that people may not know is that they're not paid for, for this. They, they don't, they're, yeah. they're not getting paid to, you know, go out and put their bodies on the line uh, when they play these games, they they simply do it because they are women who just really love playing football. And that's that's the important part for me, too, is like so many people are talking about like, oh, I, I wish they would just play football and they'd keep the politics out of it or they keep this out of it. Or they keep that out of it. There are options out there. And I think that people are it kind of goes back to being lazy, but also to not willing to step outside of their comfort zone. And like if it's not the the clean NFL product that they're used to seeing that's like marketed for television. And they're just not interested, which as right. you saw, there was some great, even though they had a rough season, they managed to turn it on for, for the playoffs, man, the Valor picked it up and they ended up winning the championship. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, th and that, that's the kind of stuff that you watch sports for, you know, you, you like to see those underdog stories of teams and players who are not supposed to be as good as they are and are not supposed to achieve the things they do. Yeah. And then they ultimately do it. That, that's what made it enjoyable. And it's like you mentioned earlier with the Capitals. Like, that's what made their run so special and, and so much more enjoyable. It's yeah. that, you know, by every metric, it seemed like this Caps team uh, was less talented than previous teams that they had. You know, they didn't they didn't win the uh, President's Cup or any of the other records that they got over, the, over recent years. They were just a team that, you know, you knew were going to be pretty good, but you weren't really, you know, expecting anything of them which made the fact that they overcame all the more sweet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it really was it, it. That's what, well, that, and like some people are like, well, I want my team to win the championship every single year. And, you know, I want them to, they should be striving for the championship every single time. Yeah. That's all well and good. And everybody says that, but like that gets boring. And yeah. if your team doesn't have adversity, then they have nothing to overcome. And if they have nothing to overcome, 
then they don't have another level. And I always equate it to that, like that Patriots team that was 18 and 0 and then lost to the giants in the super bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did such a good job in the playoffs and they did such a good job uh, throughout the regular season, but they had no challenge. There was no challenge for them yep. until the giants had, had come up with a game plan and popped them in the mouth. And, and, and by the time the Patriots tried to counter, it was too late. The game was over. And, and honestly, and, that's what made the, that the chan- that's what made the Super Bowl more sweet because they they actually played in Week 17, I believe, and the Giants yeah. got close to beating them that time, but didn't. They 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 lost that game. So a lot of people were wondering, okay, this Giants team played them hard before. Are they actually going to overcome now that you know they're they've made it all the way to the Super Bowl? And well, history's yeah. history. Yeah, and there's there's a reason why you only there's only been one team in the NFL that's ever gone undefeated and won the Super Bowl because it's not easy to do. But not only that, it's it's probably not the best formula either because that that Miami Dolphins team, like a lot of people don't know this, that team that went undefeated when they played um, Washington in the Super Bowl that year, um, it was an ugly game. Like Miami won thirteen seven. It was, yeah. it was not pretty. And it's not like they just blew everybody out. They just kind of happened to luck into that game. And mm-hmm. you can ask a lot of, a lot of professional sports, uh, professional athletes. They'll tell you a lot of it is luck. It's just being at the right place Absolutely. at the right time. And like that very easily could have been 14, 13 Washington. Yep. And there goes the perfect season. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I think that, you need that adversity. You need something to overcome. You need something to strive for. Like, that's why you don't see, I mean, honestly, like some people are like, Oh, I love seeing dynasties because you get to see the greatest teams of all time. I hate dynasties. <laughs> like they're bo- They're boring. Like I-, I want that scrappy team. I want that 2018 capitals. That's like uh, a couple of uh, amazing superstars and a bunch of cast offs from teams like Devonte Smith. Pelly was a cast off from, the Montreal Canadiens, Lars Eller was a Canadiens cast off. Uh, Brett Connolly was a number one draft pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they cut him. Like, these were role players for the Caps in the playoffs. And that's what made this so awesome. It was, it was a group of guys that put it all together at the right time instead of just being like the number one seed and like the odds on favorite. Like, that, that's so boring. Like, you need some nuance with this sort of stuff, man, or, or you're just going to keep it's seeing like, the same I mean, stuff it's over like and over with any, again. It's like, like with anything. You always appreciate it more when you've had to work for it. You know, like if, if it's just exactly. given to you, it's it's not that fun. It's not that fun. It's like I, I, I really do think that, you know, it's it's hard for New England fans to really appreciate the titles because they get them so often and, and from various teams – uh, up there because I believe uh, you know the Red Sox have won a couple in this in this uh, since since 2000. Uh, the Bruins have I believe too, as well as the Patriots having five <laughs> since 2000 since 2001. And so like I don't I, like I I don't I don't ever like I don't feel like I, I could I would see them appreciating it the same way like the energy in DC when the caps won was, it was unlike anything I've ever seen at any other point in my life. It it was, it's crazy. Like people who probably weren't even big hockey fans or, or hadn't even really watched the caps that much, but it's the fact that it's a DC team. It's their, it's their local team and they wanted to get behind them and they wanted, they they wanted to, they wanted to root, root, root for this, uh, for this team because, 
you know, DC has gone so long without having, you know, that championship. And, and yeah. And it was, it was just something to marvel. It really was. It was something that was just exciting. And like you said, everybody can get behind it. And I mean, one of the things that I kind of want to say, I'm sorry, go ahead. And just speaking as a DC native, like I, I feel I like, I, I didn't expect to ever see a championship in DC in my lifetime. Like, I got, I mean, you can attest to this because I used to say this in the, in the, the rock deep group chat, how like, I didn't, I didn't believe in this caps team. I was like, yeah, you know, they'll win game or two and then ultimately lose and, you know, get sweat, lose four straight to whomever, you know, I didn't, I don't, I, you know, I don't think very much of the wizards, like they're good, but not that good. You know, uh, the skins. Yeah, no, they're, they're not even close. <laughs> they're not even close. <laughs> We yeah. will get to them in a and minute. And then, you know, the Nationals. The, Na- the Nationals are a team that is very similar very similar to the Caps in that they've, they've had all of this talent. And, you know, it's just for some reason, come playoff time, they could just never put it together. And so for me, no expectations. Like, yeah, they okay, they win 80, 90 games. That's cool. But let's see what they do in October. And ultimately nothing. So, you know, I – it, it, it was very special for me just for that because I, I never thought I'd see it in person. I never thought I'd ever experience that. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that too. And I was like I was like the, the yin to your yang while you were like, yeah, they're going to lose. I'm like, no, <laughs> not this year. It's different this year. Like we got to believe in them, man. And like I, I hyped that train as much as I possibly could. And it's funny, though, because as soon as they won, my Believe DC hashtag that I created and my, like, everlasting hope in all of these teams was completely destroyed as the Nats just floundered all season and just hung around 500. And, like, that that team just disappointed me so much this year. But, like, honestly, it's baseball, and baseball's weird, and baseball's fickle, and, like, I, I think they'll be fine. I think next year they'll yeah. bounce back. I think they got a good front office. I think that they have a good young manager. I know everybody's like, oh, they should have never gotten rid of Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker was a legend, and I love Dusty Baker to death, and I think the world of him, and I think he's an incredible manager. However, I think that he's old baseball, and I think that he was set in his ways, and he was unwilling to change, and he was unwilling to be flexible with a changing baseball dynamic. And a perfect example of that is Dusty was asleep at the wheel in that game five game against the Cubs. And there was a catcher interference call that he completely missed. That could have ended that inning. And the Cubs ended up mm. scoring two more runs and tacking on a really big lead on the Nats that the Nats almost overcame mm-hmm. and they ended up losing by one. And if Dusty had been paying attention and knew his rule book or had some people on his staff that were up with this, they would have noticed that. And I think that that's yeah. what got him fired. Yeah. Also, I think, I think too, I think too. Uh, I mean, baseball just in general. It's it's one. I think it's probably the second most random sport as far as the playoffs are concerned because you don't always see the best teams, you know, make it. Some sometimes these best teams lose in the yeah. first round, and the only reason I say a second to hockey is because you might get you know the best two teams in hockey in a round one matchup just because of how you know how they do how they do their playoff seeding. And so I think with baseball, it's, it's just hard. You know, you can't ever, you can't really account for anything. No, no. And it, it, baseball is a very, 
I wouldn't say random, but yeah, like it's, it's a lot of it is just who's hot at the right time. And I think the Nats will be fine. I think in, I think next year they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll rebuild. I think they're going to add a lot of pitching over the off season. Uh, I think people want to come here because they see how good Scherzer is. I think if Bryce Harper resigns, people are going to want to come here. But on the flip side, if Harper goes somewhere else, people are going to be like, Hey, this guy Soto is really, really good. Yeah. Adam Eaton is really, really good. Anthony Rendon is great. Ryan Zimmerman is great. Mark Reynolds, yep. they signed him. He's great too. They got Scherzer. They've got all of these other pieces. They've got um, Trey Turner. They could put some other pieces in place. And as much as I hate to say it, they might be better off without Bryce. I, I love the dude. I hope he stays here forever. But like, if he's trying to get a massive payday and become like the richest p- player in baseball and the Cubs are willing to throw that money at him, but the Nats are like, listen, bro, we have a lot of other things that we need to address. Yeah. We didn't make the playoffs last year. And that would keep them from doing that. Then, I, I hate to say it, but Bryce probably yeah, needs I to think go. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting because it sounds like it sounds like they're going to take a they're going to take a wait and see approach after you know after the season ends. I mean, Bryce is most definitely making a case as to why the Nationals might might want to you know ramp up whatever efforts they have to keep him because he's been playing much better baseball since uh that slump he had for most of for most of the season he's he's been on a tear lately which is which is good but uh you know i i i do think or at least i hope that you know they'll be able to meet somewhere in the middle where they'll be able to say okay bryce like we're not going to give you 400 million dollars but we will make sure that you are handsomely paid and you know well paid given that you are still really young and you still have a lot of baseball in front of you and, and Bryce says he wants to be here. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, it's there, there's not just posturing to, you know, try to entice offers from other teams when he's ultimately a free agent. And and ultimately he, you know, does want to stay here so long as he didn't feel too disrespected about the organization, you know, kind of t- saying for two years, eh, we don't know if we'll give this guy the money. And then trying to trade him and, you know, low-key and then failing before the – uh a deadline earlier so we'll see we'll see i hope he stays though so i mean yeah it i don't want to see him go kind of to reiterate that point i don't want to see bryce go but if he I, does i agree i mean he's yeah, yeah. The, and the thing is too like he, he he's baseball is a sport that that doesn't do a great job of marketing their young superstar no. talent. And Bryce Harper is one of their young superstars. And so I, I do think his presence on the Nationals ultimately helps the, the Nationals as a franchise. Like, don't get me wrong. I do think Soto can can get there and could possibly even be a bigger star if he continues on, on you know, the path that he's on, uh, given how great of a year he's had. Um but I, I do think there's there's something to having a, a superstar like Bryce on on this roster, and so uh, you know I, I agree I don't want him to go, and so I hope he stays. But if they can somehow manage to get some good pieces and ultimately end up being a better yeah. team, like it'll make me sad. I'll still root for Bryce, you know, as long as they're, he's not playing the Nationals right. next season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just. I, And I think also what it is for me, too, is just the D.C. area in general hasn't always had the best relationship with having star players here. 
Like we've always had star players that were good, but but not really ever that great long term. Like Ovechkin finally got over the hump, fortunately. But I mean, aside from him, like there, I have a meme saved in my phone that had like the four horsemen of all the the DC major sports. Yeah. And if you look at it, like John Wall is a great, good player, best player on the Wizards. But is he a superstar by NBA standards? Not, not really. You know, RG3 was here, fizzled out, didn't work out. And, you know, they don't really have a star type of player on the, the professional football team. Yeah. And, you know, that just kind of leaves you with, with Bryce, you know, and Bryce Novechkin. And Ovechkin got over the hump, and, and Bryce is, you know, arguably one of the best young players. But he also had a slump this year, so yeah. I don't know. Well, it's one of the things that, like, remember, I want to say this was, like, the Shanahan years. Um, and it might have been even before that. So, like, after Gibbs left, and we had Zorn for a little bit, and then they brought in Shanahan. Right, there yeah. were no players that the Washington football team had that were worth anything like they had no trade value there was nothing they could do like there was nobody to trade because there was nobody worth trading nobody would want an old santana moss as much as i love the dude if they were going to trade him it would have had to have been years before when when gibbs was still here same thing with chris cooley same thing with clinton portis anybody that was on this team was worthless and like they finally started rebuilding a little bit but it's still not quite right and it's it's just like it's frustrating to see wasted talent and like thank god the caps finally did it and i mean but you got to think ovechkin has been in the had been in the league for a decade longer than that like it was 06 if i remember yeah, correctly yeah so he'd been yeah, here for, so. for, for almost 12 years and it took him that long to get over the hump i mean and that's not a bad thing because again it it made it it made it worth it in the long run. And I think that if Bryce stays, then... Oh, 2004. I'm sorry. 2004. Yeah, so 14 years. He's been here 14 years. And he finally got his first championship. Like, But that also shows you how hard it is. You, you can be the best player yeah. in the league. And like, no, nobody can convince me that Sidney Crosby is a better player than Ovechkin. I, I don't, I, I I don't want to hear it. Maybe he's a better leader, but like, he's not a better player. There's just no way. Nope. And the the other thing too, and, and the other thing too is we also forget that these are team sports ultimately. Yeah. And there's you know there's only but so much that one person can do. You know, like in the case of hockey, like Ovechkins can score two three goals, but it doesn't matter if your goalie gives up four to five goals. You know. Yeah. They're, like there's not much he can individually as a player do with that. There's not much he can he can do if the other guys that they play with, you know, aren't doing their jobs, you know, on the ice either. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, and ultimately, I've always felt like that was kind of the the issue with the Caps. Like, it's easy to lump all of the blame on Ovechkin because he's the star player and the teams fall short. So you throw all the blame on him. But ultimately, there's plenty. There was always plenty of blame to go around. There were other yeah. players. Braden Holtby didn't always play great come playoff time. And, and yeah. you know, he wasn't someone that people always pointed to. It was always, well, Ovechkin, again, couldn't get them over the hump. When Dude, it's like, but- it's a team sport. There's there's other people there's other people involved in winning. 
You know, yeah. literally basketball, you can, you, well, at least in old school basketball, you could be one player and literally will your team to victory. Modern yeah. day, you can't do it. Modern day sports in general, you can't really one person your way to a championship. It doesn't work like that yeah. anymore. I think that Cleveland championship that LeBron willed them to two years ago might be the one example where you can will a city and like a, an entire team and just throw them on your back. Cause like, and, and look what it took too. Yeah. I mean, it took LeBron literally being the best player probably on, on earth. It took a Herculean effort to overcome even in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was incredible. And like, just I, I wanted to at least mention that like basketball still has its yeah. moments where like some one person can take over a game, but like oh, yeah. I wanted to go to Washington football for a second, and there's a reason why I'm saying Washington football. I don't I don't say the name. Um, I had a revelation a few years ago where like I would say the name Redskins, and I'm just saying it for reference at this point. And I would say, oh, they're my favorite team, and I would wear the jerseys and the hoodies and the hats and stuff like that, and. I started hearing all of these stories about how Native Americans were like, this name is offensive. And we, we would like if the football team would look to changing it. And Snyder's response was, go ahead and print this in all caps. I'm never changing the name ever. And like, what an, what an asshole <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. to say that. And then like turn around and he's like, oh, well, we're going to help Native Americans uh, who are having problems and we're going to give them bulldozers and we're going to do these other things to help them in the community, which is all well and good. But you're still unwilling to change the name or even think about it or even consider it. And it just, it was disgusting to me. And then like, I have a, I have a nine-year-old son and like, I, he likes the same sports teams that I do because he wants to be like me, which is, which is awesome. And I had to think about that for a second. It's like, do I want my kid to be like me where he has to essentially apologize for his own football team, his favorite football team? You know, Oh, I love this team, but I can't say their name. And it just, it just isn't worth it for me anymore. And I think that what we saw here, and they just played last Sunday, they played the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. And it was their home opener. And it was noticeable that there was nobody yeah. there. And you could hear Colts fans cheering. And let's be perfectly honest, okay? There's not a whole lot of Indianapolis Colts fans out there. Um, not here But the way. fact that we're this close to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, not here yeah exactly. Like, there might be some residual ones left over from Baltimore when they were the Baltimore Colts and they moved, but like, there's not a lot of people that are flying out from Indianapolis to come see a, a Colts Redskins game. Okay. But like the fact that one, their stadium wasn't full. It was the first home game that they've had that wasn't sold out in something like 60 years. It, it's all starting to add up against this franchise. And like, when you add in the fact that one, they haven't been very good Two. Their owner is just just yep. an utter piece of garbage. Three, their stadium is garbage. Like it's it's the worst stadium in the league, Absolutely. in my opinion. Like it's old. It's it's, a, it's really annoying it, to get to. It's 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 the oh, yeah. worst. Like there's no. I've been to I've been to MNC Bank Stadium twice. Yeah, and not only is it easily accessible, it's a clean. Yeah. It is like getting to MNC Bank Stadium was was a breeze by comparison. There was no mile walk from the nearest public transportation uh it it, 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 it it was just a better experience all around and it's a and it's a nice stadium too it's a beautiful stadium yeah and it's a it yeah and like that's the thing is we have an ugly stadium we have an ugly team 
We have an ugly owner. Parking is horrible. There's nothing around the stadium. So, like, I'll give you an example. If you go to a Ravens game at M&T Bank Field, right, um, as soon as you exit that stadium, right next door is Camden Yards, where the Baltimore Orioles play. So let's say that they're not even playing a baseball game. Like, it's not baseball season. You can still see what is easily one of the most beautiful baseball parks Absolutely. in all of America. Second, secondly, you can walk a couple blocks, and you're in the Inner Harbor, which has restaurants and a nightlife. Yep. And museums and the, the aquarium. To be to be honest, he, too, they have a they have a row of of sports bars and whatnot that are actually Orioles and Ravens themed. That's walking distance from the stadium. So even if you don't, so even if you don't want to go all the way to the harbor, which isn't that far anyway, you can easily walk a block or two over from the stadium and still be able to enjoy the game with all of your fellow Ravens or Orioles fans. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, too, um, it was years ago. It was like right after they built Camden Yards. Um, it's only a few blocks down, but you can actually go and see the Babe Ruth Museum, which is built in the house that Babe Ruth was born in. So, like, th- there's a lot of cool things to do right there. But do you yeah. want to know what's around FedEx Field? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it is a big, empty parking lot, and it's across the street. Not even across the street. Across 95, like the biggest highway in the United States. It's across 95 from where the Capitol Center used to be, and yep. now there's like a strip mall there. Yep. So you can't even walk there. It's not like you can go like, oh, hey, let's go out to eat afterwards. Because in order for you to go out to eat after a Washington football game, it's like an hour and a half ordeal just to get out of the parking lot and try to find somewhere. Or – yep. Let's say you take mass transit. Let's say you want to take the metro. That metro stop is a mile from FedEx Field. Yep. And you have to pay if you want to get any type of ride from the stadium to there. Yeah. It's it's just it's a cash grab. The product on the field isn't good. The stadium is bad. The food, like the food that's there. It's, there's nothing unique about the food. Yeah, it's it's all over it's all overpriced. And honestly, that, that that's the okie doke too. The fact that they've had I think two good years in the last like however many years. And yeah, and that those, those two good years justify them hiking up food and drink prices there. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's why would you want to support this team? Like it's, it's such a hassle. Like when I, when I think about it, it too, like even when I lived in DC, like it was still a hassle to, to get there. And like, I think about it now and I'm just like, I don't really know why I invested so much in into it, you know, considering, you know, I have to get to the Metro and then after Metro all the way there, then I have to walk from the Metro to the stadium. Then once you get to the stadium, I have to walk all the way, all the way up to where my seats are. And it's like a good hour and a half process. And, and I, and, and, that's just for me living in D.C. I can only imagine how awful it is because the majority of season ticket holders are in Virginia. So they're traveling yeah. all from various parts of Virginia all across the metro line, which is at least a good hour ride by itself, to then walk a mile to the stadium and to wherever they're sitting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been twice um, and not recently. Last time I went, it was the it was Giants Washington in D.C. Um, and I won tickets, like amazing tickets. Like I'll have to show you the pictures sometime. Um, I was I was only like six rows back. Like Tony McGee, oh, wow. they were his tickets. Like I won Tony McGee tickets. Um, but yeah, it's a whole story for another time. <laughs> but like 
I won those tickets and, and Washington won. It was a, it was an exciting game. And then after that, my brother-in-law um, invited me to see the Eagles game. It was the first year Carson Wentz was there and the, in Washington actually won. Okay, and yeah. like, it was, it was an okay experience. It was perfectly fine. It was fun, but like, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's a giant pain in the butt to do that. And because I don't, even, I don't the, even know how you could even really enjoy yourself knowing that you have that long trip ahead of you. And like, if I if I lived if I lived deep out in Virginia, like I probably wouldn't even finish the game. I, I would I, I would probably leave early to try to avoid the crowds that are ultimately going to end up on Metro too. Well, and that's the other thing too is like we were there and they were playing the Eagles. And we're sitting in the upper, like, like the, not the upper, upper deck, but we're pretty high up there, right? So because we're high up there, guess what we're surrounded by? Trunk Eagles fans. And I love, I personally love the city of Philadelphia. It's, it's a really cool city to go to. Um, I have family that live there. I love visiting there. But man, do I hate their sports fans. They're the worst. <laughs> like, like I, I think Giants fans might be worse, but that's just personal opinion. But like, uh, I, it, it, what I would... I, I legitimately remember sitting there thinking to myself, I could have just stayed home and watched this game and probably enjoyed this more. Yep. And that's, that's what, that's what this team has come up against. When you have a crappy owner who treats the fans like garbage, who treats the media like garbage, who doesn't care about the racist name that his team has, who hikes up the price of parking and beer and food and everything else. And there's nothing around that stadium that anybody else would want to go to and do. And you have a piss poor product on the field. Why would you want to spend money there? You want to know why they're not selling out because nobody wants to see the garbage anymore. And it's, I don't think it's ever going to change. And that's, that stinks. And like, I've gotten to a point too, where like, I'm legitimately like thinking about going to start rooting for another team because my wife and I have been talking about moving to Florida for a while. Like I might become a Jaguars fan, dude. Why, like, why not? Why not? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm already you know? in that boat. I, I made the active decision back in January or was it? Maybe it was February. I, for, I forget which, which, which month it was, but I told myself, you know what? I'm, I'm done rooting for this team. I'm done being a fan. I'm done. I'm done because, yeah. and Bomani Jones of ESPN made a great point where he was like, you know, we spend so much time being in an abusive relationship with these teams that are just forever bad. And he's like, he used to be a Falcons fan and being a Falcons fan and they were terrible for so, for so long, it beat the fun out of it for him. So he can't root for them anymore. And that's kind of where I've been with this, with this team too. Like there's there, if you, when I think about it, there's literally nothing to be excited about. And I think, I think that's all no. another reason why, you're not seeing stadiums fill out in, in, in recent years. I mean, like in recent years, like at least with the, in the RG three years, you know, it was an exciting time. Like, wow, we have a young African-American quarterback when it was still, you know, kind of, be, kind of considered chocolate city who kind of energized the fan base and gave and that 2012 year was very special. You know, that, that, that was a very, that was yeah, a very special year to be, to be a, a football fan here. And then even in the after absolutely man. Oh, it was so fun but then even in the aftermath of that with all the drama that happened even when Kirk Cousins was was the quarterback for the last three years fans you know it you know the divisiveness aside it was still an energy when you you know about the team because there were people who were 
very excited about him and very excited about this team. And they thought, oh, my, you know, there, there's something here. But, you know, it's, it's ultimately just more of the noki-doke, and it's, it's, it's more of the same, and it's not getting better. And, it, and each time you think that it's going to get better, it doesn't. It doesn't get better. And so I made yeah. I, I made that no. decision. I was like, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll follow them because they're the local team and because, you know, I know some people in the organization who, are, who cover it. You know, my family are still big fans. So, like, I, I'll keep up with it for, for that. But I'm not going to emotionally tie myself to whatever they decide to do on Sundays. There's no point. And honestly, yeah. honestly, I'm, 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 exactly. they don't deserve the support they get in this area. They, 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 they really don't. No. And I think, I, and I think on some level, Snyder and the rest of them know that this is a football town. It's, it's, it's forever a football town. You know, at least as far as the locals are concerned, it's forever a football town. Like the Caps can yeah. win, the, the Caps can go on a dynasty run and win and win the, you know the next four Stanley Cups, and they won't garner the type of energy of just Washington having a winning season, like not a playoff run, not a championship run, but just a winning season. I don't, I, no, I don't know, man. Here's here's why I say that, and let me just let me give you, you mentioned something really interesting, and I wanted to kind of t- touch on that. You called DC Chocolate City. And it should be. It absolutely should be. And what's changing with DC is it, the city is being gentrified. And in doing that, you're getting a lot of young white people living in DC now. And what is the trendy sport for young white people <laughs> to rock the red? That's, that's hockey. And like, if the Caps play their cards right and they go on a run, that city is going to shift big time because people are going to stop caring about the Washington football team because the Washington football team is not in DC. The capitals are the Washington DC football team is in Maryland in Landover. Like they need to move that city. They need to move that team back to DC so bad. They need to rebrand the name. They need to like, I don't know. I I, just, they've got to find something. I, 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 I'm with you though. I like. I agree that DC is. It, it lives and dies with the football yeah, like, team. But and, like, and it, and it it's changing. Better. It does. It absolutely I just, does. I, I'm. I'm totally I mean, with I, you. Just, I just. I. I wish I could. I just. I wish I could. I could see it. You know. I mean, like seeing seeing the seeing the caps and everything. It, it was awesome, and and seeing the the city rally behind the caps the way they did. Like it gives me hope. It gives me hope. Yeah. But you know, ultimately. I, I just, you know, I, I, I think I have to see, I would have to absolutely see it, even with the changing demographics here. I think I, I would, I would have to, I have to see, I have to see the city, you know, finally, and maybe, maybe this lack of attendance is the beginning of that, of, of DC or the region as a whole starting to shift away from worrying about, uh, worrying about what, what the football team is doing and, you know, focus on the fact that, hey, Caps just won a championship, you know, the, the nationals, I mean, maybe not this year, but the nationals have been really fucking good in the last couple of years. The yeah. wizards have been pretty good yeah. the last couple of years. Like you don't have to throw your support behind yeah. seven and nine. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think that that's part of it too, is that we're, they're all starting to notice 
that these teams are, are, are good. But not only that, too, let's compare. I've been to, in the last in the last three years, I've been to a Capitals game, I've been to a Nationals game, and I've been to a football game at a FedEx Field. Of the three, the football game is the least fun. It is, it's a pain in the butt. The food isn't good. The experience isn't good. It's hard to get there. Nats Park is gorgeous. Like, it is so nice to go to a game. Stadiums. It is so much fun. Oh yeah, like it's it's just an absolute gorgeous place to go see a game. Going to um, Capital One Arena, which formerly the Verizon Center, um, to see a Caps game, that is an electric atmosphere. Like I've never heard a place so loud than when that team scores a goal. Like that place is always packed. Everyone's always excited. It's just it's a fun time. And you don't run into a lot of drama. And at the football games, you do. There's just a lot of drunk assholes that go to those games and they start uh, fights with the opposing yeah, fans. Absolutely. And, and like it's it's just it's not it's not enjoyable anymore. And this is coming from yeah. somebody who grew up going to uh, RFK as a kid. Like my aunt used to work at the ticket office there. It was awesome. She worked at the ticket office there, and she worked at the ticket office at the old Capitol Center. So I got to go to Caps games and football games all the time. And like. I miss RFK. That place was electric. That place felt like football. FedEx Field just—it feels like a cemetery. It's just like it's—it's never exciting. It's dull. Like it's just—it's—it's awful. Yep. My my mother, my mother would absolutely agree, because from our from our old house, we were a good fifteen to twenty minute walk from RFK Stadium. So. I don't like. I don't. I, I don't have memories of it because I was I was too young. But my older sister and my mother, you know, frequently, you know, tell me about being able to hear the stadium rocking on Sundays. You know, because that's yeah. like that's how loud it got. And even though RFK by comparison is not as big as FedEx, like you felt it. You felt it yeah. when when they would score or 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 you know, when everyone is rooting and whatnot. I just wish that like Remember when the former owner of the Clippers said some horrible racist stuff and the NBA forced him out? Yep. Like, I wish that, like, some somebody would catch some tape of Dan Snyder saying some horrible racist thing and get him kicked out of the NFL. And, like, an African-American owner took over the Washington football team and brought him back to D.C. and changed the name. Like, give any idea how much this would, that would invigorate this city and how much goodwill that would garner towards this football team like it, it would be it would be incredible and it's never going to happen that's the worst part about it because the nfl is like owned by white people so like why would why would they ever let like one of their most most um profitable franchises that's the other thing too is the football team sucks the stadium's horrible but that team is profitable yeah, I, I believe that right now they're still number three in the nfl in terms of um revenue behind uh dallas and yeah. new england and and yeah their numbers like the new england thing at least makes sense because they're almost in the super bowl like really every good. other year <laughs> so like that makes yeah. sense but for dallas and washington doesn't really make sense like they're so profitable no. and the teams are not good no they're not dallas has the advent of uh, the the, no, I wouldn't say luck, but they have the good fortune of 
having the name and the marketing like their their uniforms look good and their star looks cool and like a lot of people became fans like right around the 90s when they got big so like it's they have that like that they're coasting off of and Washington is just coasting off of that 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 stretch run in the 80s when they won three Super Bowls like it's it's bad and like I wish god I wish it would change or something would would change but it's just not going to and it's just going to be just mediocrity after mediocrity after mediocrity and no one is going to do anything about it and the only thing that might happen is what we're seeing right now is they may not show up and I'm hoping that it continues and I'm hoping that you don't get anybody that wants to come here anymore because why would you want to play in front of a why would you why would you want every game to be an away game because that's what's going to happen when the Eagles and when the Giants and the Cowboys come to town is it's going to be nothing but opposing fans because I mean, to, to be Washington honest, fans aren't going to want to show up. To be honest, it's already been that. I, I say that as my family has had season tickets uh, up until last year. We had we've had season tickets for probably close to, to 15 years. Yeah. And every game has felt like that at times. I've been there when they played not, not even not, like a team like the Steelers. You kind of understand because they're yeah. one of the premier franchises. They're their team. That's going to have fans everywhere. So like them taking over FedEx makes sense. You know, there's, there's going to be lots of them here, but even lesser, lesser teams like the dolphins, you'll, you go to FedEx and find a plethora of dolphins fans. And you're just like, where did they come yeah. from? Why are yeah. they here? You know, the worst part about it is, is they come from Dan Snyder. What he does is, is he has the ticket office create packages for opposing city fans. He did this with the Eagles. He did this with the Giants. He did this with the Jets when they were playing the Jets and the Jets came here to play. Mm. As he would create ticket packages for the other teams and say, hey, have your teams come down here and we'll, they, they get a ticket and they get you know, a food voucher and this bus thing, and they can all come down here because he just wants to sell out the stadium. He doesn't care what fans are here. He just wants fans, period. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's it's disgusting to think of. And, like, it, it just – ever since Jack Kent Cook passed away and his kids took over the team and then the kids sold the team to Snyder, it's just – it's never been the same. And it never will be. It, it, it's it's going to be – Something awful is going to have to happen before this changes, and I think it's gonna ha- it's gonna be like Snyder has to like die. Like, no, it's, I agree. It's bumming me out, and it too because we were, yeah, because we were talking about such good things in DC sports, and now we're talking about like this awful football team. Like it's it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately, I I think that's I think that's I think you're right. I I don't, I don't think this yeah. franchise will ultimately turn itself around. Uh, without Snyder passing, and it doesn't look like that's gonna that's gonna happen uh, anytime soon. Um, one, I mean, one of the other things too is, you know, I, I know people are tired of mixing, uh, you know, politics with their sports and whatnot. But Snyder donated a ton of money to Trump. I mean, and that just that like that for me, that just kind of adds on to the reasons yeah. to dislike him. Like that, I mean, aside from all of the obvious football reasons and everything you mentioned surrounding the, the stadium and, and, and how awful it is to try to get there and the overall experience, it's like you have someone like Dan, someone like the owner of this team 
who donated and had a private funding event for Donald Trump. And, and like, for that was that was another reason that it made it that made it kind of easy for me to be like, I can't root for this anymore, because I'm not someone who can always, you know, uh, separate politics from the sports. You know, like that, it, it's hard. The overall package for this Washington football team, like it's it's hard for me to do it. And I'm like, I'm part Native American on both sides of my family. You know, like I know both I know the tribes that I have in that I have in my blood. And even knowing that information doesn't make me feel any type of comfort, you know, using the the name or the logo or anything like that. I I, I can't yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I've I've given away a bunch of my stuff. Like I had this really really nice Nike hoodie um, that I gave away to uh, another person who's a Washington football fan. I have this uh, custom uh, Deshaun Jackson jersey, like their alternate one, the one the, the like throwback one that they have. Oh yeah, the, the, um, the, uh, yeah, I like those. Yeah, with the gold numbers. Yeah, I gave it to a dude. It just it happened that his last name was Jackson too, and it worked out really oh, good. That's awesome. But like, um, <laughs> it, it's it sucked though because I loved that jersey. I love this team. But like I can't support them anymore. It's like, it's like when you found out like to kind of tie back to politics. It's like having a relative that you absolutely love, but you find out that they're a yep. Trump supporter, or that like you drive past it whenever you come down here to record GGR oh, yeah. Pirate Radio. There's a giant Confederate flag in Fredericksburg. It's like finding out that you have relatives that support that and think that that's okay. And it's like you still love them, but I can't deal with you because you're yep. an asshole. Like that's how I yep. feel about it. I told I told myself too that. Um, I would never, even if I, even if I managed to somehow come back around to start rooting for them, that I would never, I would never spend money on that franchise again. Like, even if I do no, find I somehow go no, and end up at FedEx field, um, for something like I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy food. I'm not going to buy drinks or anything. You know, my experience will just be what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I just, I can't. I can't morally yeah. do it. And, um, and, and, you know, this kind of ties, this kind of ties into um, another organization we talked about with the caps. And you look at what the capitals have done for uh, the entire DC area. You know, I look at, I look at what they've oh, yeah. done for Fort DuPont uh, with, with Ovechkin and Devonte Smith Pelly and other players going there to, you know, to talk to and practice and play around with, the, with the, the, the young players on at, at the Ford DuPont skating rink and, and, you know, for, and, and for Ford DuPont having the longest running minority hockey program in America and the Capitals openly rallying behind them. Like it makes it so much easier to root for that team, knowing what they do for the community. Well, let me give it a quick tie in here too, because um, on GGR, um, which there's a, there's a really cool redesign that we did to the website. Uh, so definitely check it out. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Click on the link that says articles, and then go down to the articles that say sports. Uh, the second article in the sports one is, is me gushing about the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. But in the bottom of it, of the article, I talk about why they deserved mm -hmm. to win this cup. And, and I'm going to read a little piece of this. Um, I said, why did a stupid championship and a stupid game played on ice skates by mostly Canadians and Europeans mean so much? Because DC fought hard to get a hockey team in 1974. We almost lost that team in 1982, and the city rallied behind folk heroes like George Michael to save the Caps. 
We had our hearts broken year after year in the playoffs by the likes of the Islanders, Rangers, and Flyers. We finally broke through the Stanley Cup in 1998 and got steamrolled by the Detroit Red Wings. We built an incredible team full of young talent in the Rock the Red era led by Ovechkin and never made it past the second round. We saw the Pittsburgh Penguins raise the Stanley Cup champions banner twice on opening night after ousting us from the playoffs. We watched our former GM build a Stanley Cup contender with Las Vegas in their first year of existence. We watched Penguins fans rally on our stairs at the Portrait Gallery after beating the Caps. We watched every Canadian uh, hockey commentator trash talk Ovechkin style of play or any of the other capitals that didn't quote-unquote play the game the right way. This team is in the community doing charity work and playing hockey with underprivileged kids at the Fort DuPont skating rink. They rally around fans of theirs who have had tragedies befall them. Uh, A young boy named Benston was injured in a sledding accident, and the team visited him in the hospital and at home and invited him to games. Cancer patient Amanda Wilson was brought to the Eastern Conference Finals and given a custom jersey signed by all the players. They created a fundraiser called Courage Caps that sells hats and T-shirts to raise money for a charity that helps family members of deceased military members. They care about D.C., they care about their fans, and their fans love them for that. And that's why this championship meant so much. It wasn't just because they wear Washington on their jerseys. It wasn't just because they play in D.C. It's because they give, and pardon my language, it's because they give a fuck about D.C. And the the football team, like the players do, yep. but the ownership doesn't at all. Ownership does not give a damn about this place at all. We are just dollar signs to them. And it's, it's sickening to think that there's a team like the Caps. And this is why, and like, if you want to talk about karma, that's probably part of the reason why they won a championship yep. before before uh, the, the football team did, is because they give a damn. And like, they actually do things in the community. And like, Washington sort of kind of does it for like, like public relations. But like, it, it just, it sickens me that we have, this this yin and yang we have the caps on one end who are doing such good things in the community and then we have the football team that more people love yeah but the football team doesn't give a damn about that tradition yeah tradition versus innovation it just which is one of the things from from black panther you know we have the tradition of washington football team you know they've been here they've been successful i mean football at the moment is still america's most popular sport uh you know, there's, you know, you have great African-American players, you know, play for this organization. And, you know, when the demographics of D.C. were, you know, were still largely African-American, you know, players like Doug Williams, Art Monk, you know, you have the tradition. And, and that's what makes people, you know, really want to stick with this franchise because they remember all the great moments that the franchise provided. But then you also have this Caps team, which yeah. is in a way kind of symbolic for, you know, the changing demographics of the DC area. But with that, they're just a much better run organization. They are, they do so much more for the community. And it's not, and it's not, this is not to shade any of the, the Washington football players like Chris Thompson, who I know, you know, go out and do great things in the area, but that's, that's him as an individual, as an organization, the capitals are doing much more, than than the, the skins have, have been doing so i mean it, they're they're just so much so much easier to root for yeah and like to kind of tie this all up in a neat bow i think both well i'll speak for myself and and of course i was gonna say i, I, I speak for you but like <laughs> i'm pretty sure we agree on this i think that if they made these changes if they said you know maybe we should change the name or 
this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start looking at our options to change the name because it is offensive. Um, we're going to move the team back to DC. They're not going to. Though. That's the worst part about it is they're going to move to um, some giant spot in Ashburn or in Loudoun County somewhere. Yep. They're going to build this monst- monstrosity of a stadium, and it's going to be ridiculously expensive to go to any games. And the only people that are going to go there, and it's going to be ironic too, the only people that are going to go there are white people. Rich white people are going to be the only ones at the yeah, games. Yeah. And, and it, it would make sense. I mean, most of their season ticket holders are in Loudoun County or just in Virginia. So it makes it, it would yeah. make a lot of sense for them. It's just, it's, and that's what they're going to go to. They're going to go towards the money, which it's a business ultimately. And that's, that's what makes it sad. But if they, if they change this, if they, if they started trying to build in DC, like, which that's what they should do. They won't. That's what they should do. I mean, I would start looking at trying to maybe get back into this team. If this team acknowledged that the name is offensive, but they say, look, we can see that some people would find it offensive, but we feel that the heritage is more important than it being offensive. And we've talked to native Americans and we're donating. We just don't want to change the name because of the history that's behind it. That would be one thing, but they're not saying, I mean, not, not only that, but like the people, like the, the stuff that this team, that, that they have cited as proof uh, for their side has been faulty. Like they put out that study that's like nine out of 10 people, you know, nine out of 10 Indian Americans say that they're not offended by the name until so you, you, you look at how yeah. the, the research was done and you realize that they literally, they just asked, Hey, are you native American? Like without needing to prove, show any yeah. proof or evidence or anything. Just, Hey, are you native yeah. American? Uh, I think so. Cool. Does it offend you? No. All right. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Like that's. <laughs> you know who most of the most of the people were? Most of the people were white people in Pennsylvania that yeah. self-identified as Native yeah. Americans. Yeah. And then you also have uh, that one, uh, that Navajo Nation guy who they who went to to sit with Dan Snyder. Yeah. When it turns out that he's actually disgraced by the Navajo Nation, and they got him up out of there as soon as they possibly could. He he was a, he was a lame he was a lame duck president. Exactly. Tell me you've seen that video uh, of The Daily Show um, where they have uh, – they're a Native American comedy troupe called the 1491s where they go to um, FedEx Field to watch a game. Oh, that's um, right. I remember, I remember this segment. Yeah. And, like, not only that, they had, like – it was, like, uh, people who were, like, wearing redskin stuff and, st- and stuff like that. And, like, they came into the interview room and, like, the one woman started crying and like they all got super apologetic and stuff like that in front of the Native Americans. Like you tell me now that you don't think that that name's offensive. Yet all of a sudden they get really, really uncomfortable and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh we're sorry. Oh, oh, this is really uncomfortable." It's awkward because you know you're wrong, right? Yeah. Right. But at any rate, um, I, I think we've we've established that we're both huge DC sports fans. We want to root for this team, but it's 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 almost impossible. Um, I. <laughs> On a on a separate note, that's both it's it's both sad and happy. It's bittersweet. Um, I want to see. I would love to see another championship from the Capitals this year. But honestly, if they don't, I don't care because because <laughs> they they won. They won one championship. It's like if they if there's eighty there's eighty two games in a hockey season, right? They, let's say let's say they go ten and seventy two, right? It won't happen because they're better than that. But let's say they go ten and seventy two. Everybody would be like, man, the Caps suck this year. I'd be like, yep, and they won the championship last year. I would not even care remotely. Like, yep. it would it would suck a little bit, but, like, 
they got over the hump, man. Who cares? Yeah. You can't take away the title. And I think we're going to be, at least between the two of us, we're going to be riding the high from that for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good for at least like a good three or four years. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> um, I would like to see, okay, let's, here, let's, let's rank it real quick. Okay. Um, which team do you want to see win a championship next? Ooh. Um, damn, that's hard. Uh, I, I personally, I would like to see the Nats win one just because, um, the Caps are my favorite sports team. But the Nationals play my favorite sport, baseball. It was the only, I mean, it was the only sport that I played that I was really good at. I played football a little bit in high school, but I was awful. Um, and I was, I was pretty decent at baseball when I was a kid. So I would, I would love to see one of the teams that I root for, because it, it was the O's when I was growing up, and then we got the Nats, and now I'm a Nats fan. Um, I would love to see them win a World Series. Yeah, I... I... I'm 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 conflicted because I, I want I want to say I think personally I would probably for me the I would probably go with the Wizards as well. Okay. Um, and I I, I think I, and I think part of it is just because the Wizards have even less expectations than probably yeah. any other any other sports team we have, and for many for many years it yeah. was because LeBron James was still in the East. And year after year, we yeah. just keep, we, you know, year after year, we see this team where you're just like, man, they're so talented, but they just can't get over the hump. And like, I, you know, John Wall just, you know, he just, he comes off as, is just such a great person out, like outside of basketball. And so that makes it really easy for me to yeah. root for him. And so, you know, I would just, I would just love to see him get a championship. You know, he's not from here. I, He's I not from too. here. You know, he has no connections to the city outside of he was drafted here. And to see him, you know, openly embrace DC the way he had, you know, give give this city, you know, some some great moments uh on the court and off the court. And you know, you can tell he he cares. You know, like one of one of my favorite uh memories of him, and it's a sad one, but it, it's it's watching him tear up when he talked about Maya. Um the the cancer patient who he was really good friends with, oh, uh, and, and he had you know yeah. he he uh, he had a big game against I forget who he played but he had a big game, and he led them to a victory and he, he dedicated you know he dedicated he dedicated that game to her because she had just passed away I believe that uh, earlier that day or the day before, and so I yeah I'm yeah you know I I've been a big fan of him, uh, so I would I would love to see you know I would love to see him get something and to to see the Wizards just finally kind of get over get over the hump. Yeah, I'm I'm with you too. Like I I think that would be awesome. I'm not as big a Wizards fan as I am. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah, Wizards yeah. fan because I'm a DC sports fan, but like I'm not a huge Wizards fan, um, and I'm just not a big basketball fan in general because my era was like that '90s era when it was magic johnson yeah, isaiah yeah. thomas like the late 80s early 90s um larry bird michael jordan like those dominant bulls teams like and i followed it like into the early 2000s and i, and I still follow it just not as passionately and like i would have loved it it wasn't going to happen but i would have loved if they had found some way to either get durant yeah, to come here or here. get lebron to come here um i knew it wasn't going to happen but like yeah. it, it just would have been cool to have a super team because that seems like that's the only way that you can win a championship now is to build these super teams. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't, we didn't talk about the wizards, but like the short answer I can give for, for that is 
essentially incompetent ownership. Like their GM sucks. He's he's, he's quite he's quite possibly the worst GM of all of the the sports of all the major major teams here. And that's saying a lot because Bruce Allen is garbage. Yeah, he he this guy might literally be the worst. You know, he like Kevin Durant told told the team for two years, I'm not coming to Washington. And they just kept letting guys go and just kind of letting the bench and everyone who wasn't Wall, Beal, or Porter kind of go to crap and, and leave the organization. And they were they were just like, yep, we're just going to leave open all this space and let all these talented players go. And then Durant, you know, like he said, for two years, didn't come. And they even made decisions like hiring Scott Brooks and hiring Durant's uh, like AAU coach onto the staff to try to lure him here. Even though, again, he said he wasn't coming. And they yeah. let all these players go, and then you know they they their team that was there, like they're just very top heavy. You know they really good players in the starting lineup, and no one else on the bench. And that's largely because their GM was like, you know what, we don't need to entice players to come here. We're gonna get KD, and then even though he doesn't want to come here, we're gonna we're gonna try anyway. I mean, how sad is it, and how how horrible of an organization do you have to be? That you can't lure somebody back to their hometown. Yeah. Like that's that's just sad to think of. But at any rate, I, I would love to see them win. And like because I remember how exciting it was. I was watching those playoff games um when they were playing the Hawks and Paul Pierce oh, drained yeah. that game winning shot. That was that was incredible. Like my wife was watching that with me, and she's not even a huge sports fan. She was like, "That was the most incredible thing I've seen happen for a DC basketball team ever." And I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty dope." Like it was. I think now that like now that we've seen the Caps win, we all are like thirsty for more. We want to see these other teams do it too. And I was, I was really hoping yeah. that that's what was going to happen. Is that this was going to light a fire under so. these other teams, and. Yeah, it definitely didn't do it to the Nats because, like, they after the Caps won, they just kind of fell apart. <laughs> like, I mean, it's always next year. I I, I, yeah. I hope that maybe they'll learn from this year. They'll fix their issues, and then next yeah. year they'll make they'll make a they'll make an unlikely run when no one has any expectations. Because remember, this year they had all the expectations, and then they failed. So hopefully, they'll take one yeah. from the Caps, and next year they'll have no expectations and ultimately win everything. Yeah, let's um let's do a little housekeeping sure. here. Um, so uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, the Rock Deep Rogue Radio crew. Most specifically, um, our um, for a while I was the executive producer of Rock Deep Rogue Radio, but um, I passed the baton on to Miss Tamika Rector, um, honestly because she deserved it. She works hard. She taught herself how to do just about everything recording wise so big shout out to tamika uh she's the new executive producer of rock deep rogue radio um but main reason why is because she's got like three shows that she's working on uh she created one called the liner notes she's doing a bunch of interviews right now she's working with yolanda on uh rogue sports um i just wanted to give a shout out to her and to yolanda because they're doing great things but also to jay lee uh mr big papa himself and his show uh real life he if, he, if you get a chance to listen to it, he did a really personal episode of real life where he talked about the stuff that was going on in his life. And that's not easy to do for anybody because when we do this podcasting radio thing, we, we kind of all build a persona and we build this character of who we are and how we want to present ourselves. And Jay 
kind of pulled that down completely and was just himself and bared his soul. And it's, it's really, really good radio to listen to. So, so definitely check that out. Um, but also to MC, I wanted to give you a shout out too, man. Um, your show, the overflow. I mean, you're still doing episodes of that, but you also, you managed to produce and create and do all of the work for your own (laughs) album, like your own rap album. Like it, I was just, and I was incredibly impressed too. It was so good. Um, give everybody a little bit of, of, of where they can find this and how they can pick up uh, your stuff. Well, you can uh, listen to my newest EP, Dark Dawn, on all the major streaming services. So Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Google Play, uh, Pandora, you know, any, any, any of these places you can go and listen to it. It's also available on Amazon.com as well as iTunes. If you want to actually purchase uh, the music, uh, but if you do want to give me money directly, uh, uh, Dark Dawn as well as my other projects are all available on my Bandcamp, which is uh, mcbrooks.bandcamp.com. You can there is a link on GGR. Yeah, you can go right to, to geekrefuge.com, and there's a link right there. Yeah, yeah and so you can uh, you can go there and uh, you can you know download the album. You can also give more than the seven dollars I'm charging for the EP. Um, and yeah, you can you can you know get my new stuff. You can stay up. You can subscribe and get up to date whenever I upload uh, new things. And you can pick up all the previous works that I've uh, that I've put out over the years as well. You're going to be doing a show too, aren't you? Yes, yes. Uh, October seventeenth, I will be at the world famous Howard Theater. Uh, f- nice for a uh, showcase. Uh, show begins at 7 p.m. Like even if you're, you know, if you, even if people don't come for just the music, it's a complete uh, art showcase. So there's like a fashion show that's taking place that night. There will be graphic designers and other artists who will be selling their work and also creating stuff on the spot as well. So there's going to be a little bit of something for everyone. So even if you're, you know, I, obviously I want you all to come for me, but there's going to be a plethora of other things there that are going to be really dope and really enjoyable. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun event all around. So uh, I'll be there on the 17th uh, at the Howard theater. Um, tickets are available. Uh, I have a link. Uh, I don't remember what it is offhand, but this is the uh, raw artist showcase at the Howard theater. Tickets are about 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, we'll make sure we put the link okay, on the yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I get that over to you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm dude, I'm excited. Like I'm excited for you. Like how, I mean, how, how's the response been so far for the album? It's been pretty overwhelming and incredible. And, and, um, it's been a very humbling experience because I feel like, you know, anyone who creates, you know, you kind of always have that question in the back of your mind once you've, you know, cause you know, you're eventually going to be done of what happens if no one likes it? What happens if no one listens to it? <laughs> if, if you know, you invest all this energy into it and it's just, you know, no one cares and it's just the worst thing ever. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had it in the back of my mind because I've been working on this project for the better part of two years. And I've been very overwhelmed by the, the support that I've gotten from, uh, from people who I didn't even know were even checking for the things I post on Facebook, whether it's my radio stuff or, or music. 
and you know people have been you know they've 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 bought they've been buying it they've been streaming it you know my 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 numbers have come back from spotify and i've kind of been like wow i i got this many streams this week that's really crazy um and people are really enjoying it and i gotta say like it the the it's the weirdest experience to be scrolling down instagram and to see someone have like those selfie videos that people take with music playing and it's and it's your song like yeah and, and it's not even from someone That's who again awesome. like you think would listen to your stuff and so like it's a it was it's been a complete like i i still can't completely wrap my head my head around it it's it's been super surprising but i'm I'm very thankful to to everyone who has listened, who's who's uh, shared, who's bought the stuff, and and overall just just you know shown their support for me. It's it's been awesome. That's that's awesome, man. I'm so glad that that the response has been has been good uh, for you. And like in that same vein, um, I have been working on a new project, and I wanted to have anybody out there who's listening on Rock Deep Real Radio, because honestly, all the GGR people know about it, because like, I won't shut up about it. <laughs> um, but like, I have a new project that I'm working on. It's called uh, Stop Me If You Heard This. And it ties in perfectly with what Marcus just said, where he was talking about how humbling it was to do something that was so personal, to write an album about things that he really cares about and have people like it and enjoy it. Um, what I do is, is in this Stop Me If You Heard This podcast, I talk about the stories behind things that you thought you knew. So for instance, I talk about the band Weezer, which was, I mean, a staple of nineties music. Um, their second album Pinkerton, when it came out was really poorly received and it was a very personal album for their lead singer rivers Cuomo, but an incredible thing happened after the release of the album. And I tell you more, but honestly, listen to it. It's really good. On top of that, I did a second episode too about the offspring and their incredible lead singer, his name is Dexter Holland. The guy is just a renaissance man. He does a million incredible things. Check this podcast out. It's a lot of fun. It's completely different than what I normally do, where normally we talk about the things that we love for like an hour or two. But this is, it's more focused and it's just me telling stories about music uh, that I love. I'll probably get into some TV shows. I'll get into some movies. I'll get into some other things just to tell some incredible stories that I've uh, run across so far. Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's it's a great listen. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the The Offspring. And this was every bit as informative as, as it, as it could have been. Like I learned a lot and I got to re relive some of my favorite songs by the offspring as well. It's, it's awesome. Definitely check it out. Well, thanks man. I appreciate that. Um, other than that, I mean, we've got our uh, articles on GGR, which we do every week. We do the geek sheets. Normally we do that in our podcast where we talk about the news that's going on the, in the geeky nerdy world, but we're going to uh, save that for next week. We'll do like a, a super episode where we can combine uh, this week's stuff and next week's stuff into one podcast. Um, but um, we're, we've got articles too. Um, you're, you're heading to Baltimore comic-con next weekend, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So fingers crossed, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We can expect a, uh, comic-con Baltimore comic-con review as well. Like you've been doing for the other ones, right? Absolutely. Yes. I will Absolutely. put the pressure on you. And I also here. have a, I, I will say this. I do have another, um, Another thing I'm working on, another blog that I'm that I'm working on, I'm going to hopefully try to finish it uh, this weekend. You know, the last thing we did together was our improv cast where I spoke about, uh, you know, the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game, yeah. which was super fun. And I just recently got my 100 percent. Oh, nice. On. Um, but, you know, for 
one of the things I wondered while I was playing, because, you know, I'm not someone who is very up to date on the comics, which is uh, I wanted to kind of go behind the scenes and try to learn where some of the suits that were featured in this game came from. Yeah. So I'm working on something now if, you know, so that people who, you know, who play the game, who may not, who like myself may not be as familiar with the comics, may be curious where, you know, what is the secret war suit? Where, where did this come from? So I'm working on something like okay. that, you know, which which I feel like would be super super informative for folks. I think so. that'll be cool, man. I'm, I mean, I'm interested in it. I'll, I'll definitely read it for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely keep your eyes open for that, guys. Um, we will. I'm working on two reviews right now. I did finish season one of Jessica Jones, which if you listen to us on the podcast, I've talked about it a little bit. Same thing with Iron Fist season two. I'll be doing a review of that and. When we can get Mr. James Rambo back available on the show, um, myself, Mr. Rambo, and MC Brooks here, we'll be talking about season two of Iron Fist uh, and giving our impressions of it. Um, but also, too, by, probably by the time that ends up happening, we'll be gearing up for season two of Daredevil because that was announced that that's going to be coming out. Uh, in, season three of Daredevil. Or season three. I'm sorry. Season three. Everybody else is on season two. I forgot Daredevil's <laughs> a season ahead of everybody. Yeah. Season three of Daredevil will be out. Uh, I want to say it's October the 19th. So. Yep. That's pretty exciting as well. But other than that, I think that's going to wrap us up for this evening, uh, unless there was anything else you had for us, Mr. MC Brooks. Uh, nope, that's about it. Uh, so definitely check out his stuff on uh, Bandcamp. You can look him up. It's MC Brooks on Bandcamp. Um, look us up. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. You can see all of our articles, all of our podcasts. They're right there. But also check out our broadcasting partner. That is Rock Deep Rogue Radio. That is rockdeeprogueradio.com. You'll be able to check out old episodes of Mike on the Mic. Uh, you'll be able to check out old episodes of uh, The Overflow with MC Brooks. But all the new stuff for us, that's all going to be on The Great Geek Refuge. So that is greatgeekrefuge.com. If you go on iTunes or on the Google Music Store, uh, you can look us up right there just by typing in GGR or The Overflow, whatever you end up looking up. Or you can subscribe to my new one, which is Stop Me If You've Heard This, which is stop me if you've heard this it's that easy to find very easy to look for but you can all find all of this stuff on the website which is again greatgeekrefuge.com so for all of us here at ggr uh, for steve who couldn't join us tonight for james rambo for mc brooks my name is mike lunsford and thank you so much for tuning in Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.